Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Jesus Podcast. This is Steve Poos Benson. I'm the host of this podcast. This is episode 58. Episode 58, I'm calling this Why I Am Still a Christian. That sounds kind of crazy. Why am I still a Christian? But I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I've been reading and listening to Brian McLaren's new book, Do I Stay a Christian? And he uh, really wrestles himself with the reason, I mean, why should he stay a Christian? Though It's divided into thirds. The first third of the book is everything that's wrong with Christianity and why he feels like people should leave Christianity. The second third is about why he's going to stay a Christian. And then the final third is how do we balance the why I leave and why I stay together. It's really a compelling book that's got me thinking. And I decided, you know, that I was going to answer the question for myself, why do I stay Christian? If you were at church this morning on October 23rd, you helped me, you heard me talk about the fact that I believe that there are many ways to God and all of them are good and valid. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But yet I stay a Christian. And I affirm Christianity with my heart and my soul. But uh, I'll agree with Brian McLaren, it has some shadow sides to it. And, you know, I think that we have to understand the shadow side of Christianity because it's the reason why a lot of people right now are leaving Christianity. And there is a mass exodus away from Christianity right now a mass exodus of people leaving the church. And I think that we have to, those of us who are going to call ourselves Christians and affirm Christianity, we have got to come to terms with some of the reasons why people are are leaving. And that's because, in fact, Christianity has a very dark, dark history. I mean, let me just kind of go through some of these things. McLaren also talks about these in great length in the first section of his book. If you want to kind of go through the dark history of Christianity, read Brian McLaren's book. Actually listen to it. Get a um, Go on Audible or wherever you can find. Maybe Apple Books has it as well. But listen to it in his own voice. Whew, it's quite a uh, condemning version of Christianity. But, you know, there is murderous rage between Catholics and Protestants. I mean, from the Reformation on, I mean, it is terrible what Catholics and Protestants did to each other. There were wars, there were slaughters between Catholics and Protestants after the Reformation. I mean, all of this in the name of God, all of this in the name of Jesus, terrible violence. There is an abuse of the clergy. There is abuse of power. There are sexual scandals in the pa- in the past, as well as all the pedophilia scandals today by Catholic priests is terrible. The abuse of papal authority. Uh, what about the Crusades? The thousands of people that were slaughtered in the Crusades, all in the name of God. There were, after the Reformation, there were the execution of tens of thousands of women execution, torture, because people thought that they were witches. In fact, in the Reformation, you were either, as women, you were in a terrible role because you were either uh, a wife 
or you were a witch. There wasn't too many alternative places for you. If you were single, if you were a woman, you were single. You were held uh, kind of skeptic as far as why you didn't have a husband. And so they often as more thought you as witches. These people were torn over to the authorities and they were tortured, burned at the stake and executed. Terrible. There was the Spanish Inquisition. Thousands of people were tortured by the Catholic Church and then, you know, burned at the stake if they didn't, uh, if they survived the uh, torture, burned at the stake. They had screws put in their tongue, screwing their tongue to the roof of their mouth so they couldn't scream out their beliefs as they were being burned at the stake. Terrible. Then in, uh, as Christianity moved to South Central, South America and Central America and Mexico, Spain gave carte blanche approval to the destruction of the entire Mesoamerican culture. They destroyed the religion. They destroyed the people. Again, all in the name of Christianity. Christianity gave blessings to this terrible genocide of the people. Then if you jump forward into... Um, American history, the Confederate South, clergy and churches ordained slavery as blessed by God. They allowed the selling of slaves, the torture of slaves, and general oppression of black people. I mean, the church using scripture gave a perfect blessing upon this horrendous practice by Americans and literally slavery around the world. It was terrible. Then jump to World War II, the German church of Germany. Uh, they gave approval to all of Hitler's politics and war. The pop, the pop, <laughs> the pope. <laughs> I got to get in control of my mouth. The pope in the World War II gave a blind eye to what Hitler was doing, gave an tacit approval. Horrific. And then uh, contemporary Christianity, but all of Christianity, oppression of women uh, as subservient to men, women, even now, I mean, churches in our area, women can hold uh, positions of power. They can't be power, have a positions of power over men. They definitely don't ordain women. I mean, the oppression of women. And then uh, evangelical Christianity, their penchant for ostracizing anybody as heretics who dare to disagree with them. Evangelicals penchant to use their churches, people, and theology to endorse a political agenda. I had people in church tell me today that their Catholic church is telling them how to vote. Then another person told me that in the evangelical church, they're handing out pamphlets telling people how to vote. I mean, you need to know this is illegal. It is illegal for a religious organization to tell their people how to vote. You can lose your 501c3 standing. It is wrong. And yet the Catholic Church, the evangelical church, is, is actually telling people how to vote. Then for me, this is one of my own, but the fundamentalist fight to completely outlaw abortion in any way and to take away a woman's right to determine what happens to her body this is, for me, this is heinous. It's wrong. It is so wrong. And it is so wrong for the evangelical church and the fundamentalist church to use their faith, the belief in Jesus, to 
to uh, baptize her political agenda. I just think it's wrong. I mean, okay, so that's just a quick summary. Yes, Christianity has a shadow side for sure. But it sounds kind of crazy. It's because of the shadow side that I stay a Christian. I know that sounds nuts, but it's true. If there wasn't a shadow, I believe, then it wouldn't be human. I mean, even the religion needs a shadow side. And believe me, every single organized religion has a shadow side. None are exempt. But I see and I recognize the human part and I embrace it. I don't deny it. And I especially don't excuse it. But you have to embrace this. If you're going to be a part of a religious tradition, you have to embrace your shadow side. Don't excuse it, but you have to understand that it's there. And Christianity has much to apologize for. It needs to apologize to women, to people of color, to the LGBTQI plus community, to Mexicans and Central Americans and Native Americans. The list goes on and on, and Christians should be the first to step up to the mic and apologize for everything that we do that we do and we have done that is wrong. But it's also our ability and opportunity to shine an alternative vision for Jesus, for his teachings, and what it means to follow the Christ. This is why I deeply affirm the progressive view of Jesus and Christianity. I believe that it is our progressive vision of a radically inclusive woman empowerment, gender affirming, aligning with scientific and academic practices, a non-literal interpretation of the Bible, the forward movement of God, not being stuck in the past, but allowing liturgies, statements of faith, and theological practice to constantly move us forward. And this is progressive Christianity. This is why I see in progressive Christianity a dynamic vision for restoring the planet and empowering people to build a positive future. But to do these things, I believe Christianity must push away from white, conservative, nationalistic evangelicalism. While, you know, I work to find common ground with evangelicals. I work but I constantly become angry with their stands on social, cultural, and religious issues. You know, there is already a huge exodus away from the evangelical church, the exvangelical movement, and I believe it must continue. Exvangelicals, I think, are on the right track. They're asking all the right questions. They're in the process of deconstruction, and we're going to be doing some deconstruction, deconstruction podcasts here in the next month or so, I believe pushing away from white fundamentalist evangelical Christianity. But I want to go into the reasons why I stay Christians. All right. I stay Christian because of the Bible. I study the Bible a lot. I study it an hour every single day. I see it a part of my work. It's part of my job. That's why I study the, the Bible. I find in the scriptures a 
depth of understanding about God, history, and the church that I find compelling. I see a lot of what I call truth in the Bible. As I said, you cannot take the Bible literally. The Bible was not written with us as contemporary readers in mind. It was written by ancient people with an ancient worldview. Uh, Many people in the area of Palestine at the writing of the Bible believed the world was flat. However, once you understand the context and how they were applying their faith to their lives, then you can take it and apply it to our lives And there is a living dynamic in the Bible that is nothing but compelling. For me, it's a treasure trove of knowledge and experience. The poetry, the wisdom literature, the Psalms, the great span of sagas, the list of laws, the belief in how God works with the Hebrew people, the belief of how God works in with people in the uh, in the first century. I mean, it's just profound what I see going on in the Bible. And every time I doubt my faith, I return to the Bible and I remind myself that these authors were convinced of what they were writing about. Who am I to doubt their vision? It comes alive. Okay. I stay Christian because of Jesus. I am compelled by his vision of God. I'm compelled by his teachings. I'm compelled by his healing people and his radical way of life. I want to live his teachings and emulate his life. You know, I believe that Jesus was sent by God into the into the world. That's you know the my basic premise of my whole life, sent to soar my book. God sent Jesus into the world at a particular time of history to, pre, to, uh, to present a particular view of God. I affirm that view of God. You know, I stay a Christian because of the church. You know, the church, let's be honest, the church has gigantic problems. But at its best, it provides a community to walk through life with, people to celebrate the movement of the seasons. I mean, the holidays, the high seasons. It's a community to eat with, to mourn with, to grieve and celebrate with. You know, when people who are church members and they've lost a loved one, they've gone through a tragedy, they always tell me, I don't see how people who don't have a faith community can can make it through these things. A church can come around people in the best way that the church can do to support people who are going through a tragedy. But (laughs) I've also hated the church in the past. The church can do tremendous damage to people's lives. Because of damage, people are leaving Christianity. But I see it as something sacred. You know, I agree with Apostle Paul that it's the body of Christ. The church, while having a dark shadow side, is also able to do so much good in the world and people's lives. Now, Capture this one. I stay a Presbyterian. God help me. I stay a Presbyterian because as much as I make fun of it, I see a sense of order brought into church life where there is often so much chaos. Presbyterians, you know, what we say is decent and order. And I mean, 
Christian faith and church life can be so chaotic, so people screaming at one another. The Presbyterians' commitment to the Book of Order, to the Book of Confessions, to uh, Robert's Rules of Order, it brings a sense of order out of chaos. I also like our Book of Confessions. I mean, it's a big old fat book of different confessions that were made uh, throughout the different history of Christianity. And you can't get stuck in just any one confession or any one creed. Because when I look at the different confessions and I read through them, which I do on a regular basis to try to just keep myself grounded in Presbyterian uh, history and heritage, you can read some of these confessions and go, okay, whoa, (laughs) I sure do not agree with that. But each new confession that is added shows a movement of the denomination with history. It's taken radical stands on on racial uh, bigotry and racism. It's taken really prophetic stands on the movement of God through the protection of the planet. It takes uh, dynamic stands on interfaith dialogue. These confessions, you can look at them and you can say, well, I might not agree with that, but I sure agree with this different tenet as the church moves forward. So I really love our book and confessions. You know, I love this slogan from the Presbyterian Church, kind of our hallmark slogan, is once reformed, always reforming. So in other words, it was there was the Reformation back in the 16th century, but it's always reforming. It's always changing. And I believe I'm one who was on the cutting edge of the reforming, but I really believe that once reformed, always reforming. Also right now in the Presbyterian Church USA, they're putting hundreds of thousands of dollars into church vitalization and new church starts. They're recognizing that uh, the way we've done church in the past just doesn't work. Churches are dying off. People have left the church. So they're trying to say, let's start something new. And they're putting all types of creative uh, money or money into creative programs. I love what they're doing. All right. I also see strengths in the United Methodist Church. But right now they're in the middle of this huge dialogue about should they stay together or should they split. And really it's over the issue of sexuality and LGBTQ, marriage, place in the church, and endorsement of their people. And you know what? I'm just kind of of a place where I need to say split. Get it over with. You're wasting way too much time. The Presbyterians, we split over over this several years ago, and it has been so life-affirming to finally have this disagreement over with, and everybody can move on with their life. United Methodists, get over it. Split. Move on with your life. The UCC, the other, the three denominations that Columbine is a part of, I love the UCC's stand on, on, on culture, social cultural issues. They have been on the prophetic stand of the inclusion of women and LGBTQI+. I mean, this was in the early 50s that they were working for the uh, LGBTQI endorsement and ordaining clergy, ordaining women. So much on the cutting edge of racism. I just have to love their slogan 
God is still speaking. I believe that that just says in a nutshell what it is that I believe, that God is still speaking. However, the UCC is lacking the sense of, uh, of um, organization, <laughs> if you will, that the Presbyterians bring to the table. So in its best, that's why I love CUC, is it's a combination of all three of these. But in my core, I'm a Presbyterian. I was raised a Presbyterian. I went to a Presbyterian college. I went to a Presbyterian seminary. I'm a part of the Denver Presbytery. I doubt I'll ever change. All right. What about other religions? Okay, so I've said early on that, you know, I've studied all the world religions. I literally think I've studied all of them. I talked with many, many people who are adherents of these religions and even worshipped with some of them. So where do I stand with other world religions? Well, if I wasn't a Christian, what would I be? Well, I'd probably be a pagan. In fact, I call myself a Christio-pagan. Christianity has this long shadow history of putting down paganism, but paganism has so much to offer, especially contemporary religious worldviews. I love their identification with nature, the uh, Druid way of life, the celebration of the seasons with the many Shabbats. In fact, you know we're coming up on Samhain with, with Halloween. Um, also, do you know that this week is Diwali with the Hindus? This is Diwali is the um, is the celebration of lights within the Hindu faith, and this week is one of the highest traditions uh, celebrations within Hinduism. We need to be mindful of the celebration of light and a celebration of light. And then Samhain, this coming week, the, is a preparation for Samhain, which is the high holy days of, of uh, paganism, the turning towards a new season. You come to terms with everything that was wrong in the past, and you come to a new season in your life. It coincides with Halloween. It looks like it's Samhain, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Samhain. Google Sam Hain and you can read about Samhain and everything that happens this time of year for our Wiccan pagan brothers and sisters. But back to paganism. I love that paganism is so open to people's different beliefs. You can believe in one God like I do, or you can believe in many gods, which so many people do. And no one's going to tell you that's wrong. They say, what, you know, what works for you? What is your faith, your belief in God or gods, and how do you practice that? You know, paganism also includes indigenous uh, Native American beliefs that I have a strong affinity to. I believe in Native American uh, and their sense of spirituality and how it's connected to the world. Buddhism. I also identify with the teachings of the Buddha and the Eightfold Path. You know, if you don't know the Eightfold Path, Google Buddhism Eightfold Path and you'll see what the Eightfold Path means. As a Christian, for me, the Eightfold Path puts legs on my Christianity. It teaches me how to live my faith. The difference between me and Buddhism is I see a divine cosmic God that is imminent and transcendent, whereas Buddhism affirms a movement of karma and not so much a divine cosmic 
entity, and I affirm a divine cosmic entity. Uh, back to Hinduism. I love the Hindu pantheon of gods. You know, next to the Bible, I find the Bhagavad Gita, the next holy book that holds the truth for me. If you ever want to explore an alternative religion like Hinduism, read the Bhagavad Gita. Um, I really love Stephen Mitchell's translation of the Bhagavad Gita. You can get it online. You can get it in Kindle form or book form, but read the Bhagavad Gita. And then while you're studying world religions, study Taoism. Uh, read the Tao Te Ching, also Stephen Mitchell's translation of the Tao Te Ching. You know, Taoism, I really affirm the concept of yin-yang, Tao, or Dei, and wu-wei. Uh, I just love what Taoism teaches. You know, probably the only religion I don't identify with is, Isl is Islam. I'm not against Islam. But I just haven't found the ability to sink any roots into it. I've talked with several different imams. I've worshipped with them. I led a group from CUC to visit a mosque. And each time I found more to disagree with than to affirm. So I agree that it's a positive way, a positive path to God. It's just not one that I find a lot of affinity to. You know, I see all the paths as good and a way to God and an ethical life. Christianity is no better than these other religious traditions. In fact, I really believe when the, all the religions together are woven together, there is a rich tapestry of the divine. And so that's why I really believe it, you know, in uh, incorporating my Christian view into these different world religions, paganism, Taoism, Hinduism, kind of combining all of them. All right, so why am I a Christian? You know, I think it comes down to the main tenet of love. You know, it, uh, if, you know, the two great commandments from Jesus, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. I mentioned in, uh, in the sermon today that Samantha Bronson, her father, uh, she was raised as a Southern Baptist, and her father is a Southern Baptist, but he told Samantha, and Samantha told me, he said that all of Christianity is boiled down to love. If we're not loving one another, then we're not doing Christianity, and I just love that. Uh, here is a Southern Baptist and a progressive. You would think we would believe different things, but we have so much commonality in that, uh, in that basic, basic tenet of love. So I stay a Christian. I also stay a Christian because we're in the midst of a major reform. Christianity is going through a major reform right now. The evangelical movement is bringing a tremendous amount of dialogue and growth. Our denominations, the PCUSA, the UMC, the UCC, the, uh, the uh, Lutheran Church in America, the their denominations are changing, reforming. I can feel the Spirit of God moving in some radical and dynamic ways, and I want to be a part of it. You know, my retirement is kind of right there on the horizon. People ask me, are you going to retire? It's like, not only no, but hell no. Why would I want to leave right now? It feels like the wrong thing for me to do. 
I couldn't imagine stepping away from Christianity right now and from being a pastor. I feel compelled. I feel inspired. I feel called even to keep on working and sharing what I see and what I know. You know, it's really funny. These podcasts are hardly listened to by anybody, uh, but they it's an outlet for me that preaching doesn't allow me to just sit down and rant a little bit about what I believe. All right. So I believe in Christianity. I believe in the religion. I see that it has so much to offer people's lives in the world. And, and it's worse, it has the ability to destroy the planet. What a complex set of opportunities. Well, there you go. That's what I have for you today. Uh, watch my Wednesday shout-outs. You can catch them on fa- my Facebook page on the Columbine's weekly e-blast. Just this kind of a little like three-minute pick-me-up in the middle of the week, a kind of reflection about faith and my spirituality as it applies to our lives. So catch the Wednesday shout-out. Also read my blog. Also, Cowboy Jesus is published on Friday. You can find that on my Facebook page. You can actually go to um, uh, my blog and actually like it, and it's sent to you via email. You can also find it on CUC's weekly e-blast as well. Let's join each other on Facebook. I do a lot on Facebook, on Twitter and Instagram. A lot going on, a lot of different ways to connect. And it's always great to come to you here on this podcast. Please Share the podcast with other people. If you like what I'm saying here, then let other people know. You can find this podcast on Podbean as well as on um, on uh, Spotify. I think it's also on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you.